0: Welcome to the Consulta Cairo podcast, brought to you by the Australian Chiropractors Association. The ACA is the peak body representing chiropractors in Australia. These podcasts are all about helping you find health and wellness in your life. On the podcast, you'll be hearing from various experts on a range of health-related topics. These experts will present the latest research and offer tips for you to self-manage health issues and maintain good health. You'll also learn a little about chiropractic and what role a chiropractor might have on your health team. And now, it's over to your host, Dr. Anthony Coxon. Welcome to the Consult a Chiro podcast. I'm your podcast host, Anthony Coxon. Before we dive into today's podcast, if you haven't already done so, please hit the follow button. That way it will be easy to keep up to date with the latest health information to maximize your well-being you can also share this podcast with a friend and help them achieve their best health and wellness in the podcast today we're talking about achilles no not the warrior of greek mythology but rather the achilles tendon and the various injuries that can occur in this part of our anatomy Importantly, we will discuss the various treatment options and rehabilitation protocols that you can use to recover from an Achilles injury. Now, joining me on the podcast today to discuss all things Achilles is sports chiropractor, Dr. Luke Nelson. Luke completed his five-year chiropractic program at RMIT way back in 2003. He's been a regular presenter at sports conferences, both here in Australia and internationally. Luke is past president of Sports Chiro Australia, And in 2016, he was awarded the ACA Sports Chiropractor of the Year and back it up again in 2022 with ACA Chiropractor of the Year. Hi, Luke. Welcome to the Consult a podcast.
1: Thanks very much, Anthony. And uh, thanks for having me on again. Uh, We've we've spoken before about uh, running injuries and I've been on the other side of the mic as well, but it's always always great to be on and uh, and chat to you and, and talking all things Achilles today.
0: Fantastic. Yes, we do have the professionals version of this podcast called the ACA podcast. And yes, so you've done uh, been wonderful with some of the episodes there. But uh, today, it's more for the general public and people who see chiropractors to understand what they can get out of their care. So we're going to start by talking anatomy. What is the Achilles tendon and why is it so important?
1: Well, it's very relevant that you spoke about the ancient Greek hero Achilles because, unlike the the ancient Greek hero, hero and for those that don't recall, that was his weakness, uh, where he was he was held in and in, into the river Styx, uh, and that was his weakness where he got shot through within an hour. But unlike Achilles, the, our Achilles tendon is incredibly strong. It's it's a really amazing structure. It's uh, a big thick tendon that can withstand up to eight times our body weight when we when we run so an incredible amount of force that goes through this structure it's basically the attachment of the three calf muscles so we've got our what are called our two gastrocnemius muscles and our soleus and these all blend down into this strong Achilles and it acts like an elastic band really. So what happens is it's it's a, a great structure to store and release energy. So it, it serves to really uh, make us a lot more efficient when we're moving around, when we're walking, when we're running and, and jumping. It provides the attachment of these calf muscles down into the heel bone, and it uh, it, it essentially acts like a, a as I said, an elastic band. So it recoils um, to to quickly snap back into into place. So very uh, very strong structure, um, very important. Unfortunately, things do go wrong with it, and that's why we're we're here today to uh, to talk about uh, things that can go wrong with the Achilles.
0: And you mentioned about the Achilles and running. I know that uh, you're a very keen runner. You've done several marathons and uh, Ironman triathlons. Uh, we uh, there is a link, of course uh, for uh, to running and potentially Achilles problems. Uh, tell us a little bit about that link and what other things might put people of risk or at risk of having an Achilles injury.
1: yeah, so it is it is one of the more common running injuries that we we see, and in fact, if we look at an elite population, um over half of elite runners will experience some achilles uh, issues in in their career. Um, looking at more athletes in general and active people, we see that even up to quite getting close to a quarter of, of people that play sports will suffer some, some Achilles issues. So this includes your, your weekend warrior as well. So we tend to see it in, yes, we see it in, in running, and that is one of the more common sports, but basically any sport that involves running or jumping. So that include can include your field sports like your, your football, your soccer, uh, your court sports like basketball and netball, uh, and then, then you know, obviously athletics, um, but, uh, but even tennis as well. So anything that involves sort of any quick explosive change of direction or, 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 uh, or taking off and running there will put stress on that Achilles and therefore is is prone to, uh, to it becoming a problem.
0: So it's clearly an injury that can happen to some athletes. Do inactive people or people who don't necessarily exercise a lot have problems with their Achilles sometimes also?
1: Yeah, they can. They can, and um, it, that that can occur. You know, Achilles in the general population. So, if we look at everyone as a whole, um, it, it accounts for about five percent of of injuries being it, being Achilles. So, and I've certainly seen a number in, in in my practice of people that that don't play sports but they've. they've uh, for one reason or another they've, they've uh, suffered this, this injury uh, it is something that, that as we get older it's it does become more common and um, there's a number of reasons why but a couple of which uh, we tend to lose strength as we get older and especially in those calf muscles and so that can make us a bit more predisposed to it plus also we get some changes in our tendon as we get older as well and they become actually less stiff which is not a good thing for, for a tendon we like tendons to be nice and stiff and recoil so we lose a bit of that stiffness as we get out get older that and that can place more stress on that uh, on that, that tendon. Um, so yes, it can happen, and, and the reason is that because. If we look at the cause of, of, of tendinopathy, uh, there's lots of things that can contribute to it becoming a problem. Um, in sport, you know, we see that obviously on, a, on the sporting field and that being a, a significant contributor if someone's done too much or too little. But that can also happen in, in general life as well. Like sometimes we see these things be triggered by, um, you know, if someone's gone for a, a longer walk or they spent more time on their feet than what they have or, you know, running around perhaps after the grandkids on a particular day. These sort of things can can uh, trigger these, these problems. Um, we also see other things that can contribute to Achilles issues as well. So things like medications. So your, your statins can, can uh, contribute to that. So changes in cholesterol level can trigger tendinopathy. Uh, we also find certain antibiotics. So the fluoroquinines as well, um, as metabolic problems. So people with diabetes or, or certain arthritis, um, uh, like, uh, uh, rheumatoid arthritis or, or a gout can also affect the, the tendon. So there's there's lots of things that can happen outside and off the, the sporting field as well, which we, we certainly need to take into consideration when we're, we're seeing a patient with pain in this area.
0: So one of the more severe injuries of the Achilles, of course, is a complete rupture. Now, I've actually been on the tennis court uh, before playing against someone who ruptured their mm. Achilles while they were hitting or attempting to hit a, a tennis ball. Uh, it was with a friend of mine who's not, such a great tennis player and i must admit, <laughs> i admit i feel very guilty because i was laughing at him at the time not realizing how severe his injury was when i no. thought he whacked his back of his leg with his tennis racket so mm. when that happens it often can be that really major like slap type sound that mm. that, that, that it must be uh, must be must be a terrible experience
1: yeah, yeah, and often people, you know, do the glance behind them, as in, "Who's hit me in the back of the back of the leg?" There, um, yes. and certainly uh, seeing there's plenty of sporting clips of of, of uh, athletes that unfortunately have, have suffered that. So it is, it is, it does happen. Now uh, that the Achilles can snap, um, and it is is often a fear of people with Achilles tendinopathy that, that 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 will happen to them, that they're going to snap it. But thankfully, it's very rare, and um, in, in more recent studies have shown that that less than four percent of those with Achilles tendonopathy will actually then suffer a rupture. So it's very rare. So four in 100 people can go into rupture. And in fact, most of the people that that sustain a rupture, uh, the vast majority of those have not had any symptoms. There's been no warning signs there. They've mm. just been, you know, running around and playing tennis and going go to dive for a shot and then and then pop. So most people don't have pain. So I often say to, to, to my patients that that have pain with this tendinopathy, I'm like, that's a great sign because it means that you're then less, you know, less likely to uh, to sustain a rupture if the, if that's something that they're, that they're worried about. Yes. Um, so yes, it can happen, but but more likely it's going to happen those that don't that don't feel anything. Um, and you know the the. I guess when it comes to the management of that then now we've got we've actually got two options um so previously before it was something that we thought that you know oh you rupture it um you you've got to go and have surgery um, but now there's actually um conservative management is becoming more popular um for for Achilles tendon ruptures and it's an amazing thing in our human body that you know, in, in days gone by, we think, oh, that's not possible. But we now know that, that it actually can once you, you've snapped this structure, if you get it in the right uh, the right position there um, and allow it and give it time to heal, the body can actually knit that and, and repair that tendon. So it's quite, so quite incredible. Um, and, and there's a recent study actually just last year that compared uh, it was over 500 patients from this day. So it was a big study. And they compared surgical management versus conservative management, and they actually found pretty similar outcomes. In fact, identical outcomes at, at 12 months down the uh, down the track. So oh. it's something that you know we used to think, oh, yep, go straight into surgery, but now th- there is another option, and it's something that we sort of you know chat to patients about, um, you know, what they're looking at, what the recovery may look at for, for something like that as well too. So yes, it can snap, um, but but thankfully, it doesn't always mean uh, mean surgery.
0: The body never ceases to amaze. Now no. I. I'd like to talk about the, I guess, the more common uh, problems now. So, which would be a partial tear or or a strain. Yeah. Tell us about how these things are graded and the the terms that uh, people might hear of when they're talking about these types of injuries.
1: Yeah, so the more more common issue that we see with the, with the tendon, thankfully, is is more what we call tendinopathy, which is more a, a an issue with the tendon itself without any any tearing in in there. Now tears can happen um, so we've obviously had the full rupture which is which is very rare you can also have partial tears in the in the tendon as well uh, we tend to manage those actually pretty similarly to what we would manage a tendonopathy. so that the tears are there um you know a lot of people have these and, and not even know that they're a problem uh, and sometimes what's happening is that there might be a little tear in the tendon and it's actually the remaining tendon that can be doing the complaining if you like that you know there's a there's been a slight tear there and the remaining tendon's going hey why am i doing all this work i can't i can't sustain all this And so really the the focus of of rehab in that case is actually building up that remaining tendon. Sometimes you might see healing of that that, that partial tear, um, but that's not always the the aim of rehab. The aim of rehab is just to get the the function back in there and and, and reduce the pain. Uh, And and, very frequently that happens without uh, without a repairing of that that tear. So yes, partial tears can can happen, but the the treatment for those is is managing much like what we would with with uh, managing a tendinopathy.
0: Yeah. Uh, I want to just qualify a few terms and just Mm. have uh, explained that. So you've used the term tendinopathy, tendinitis, tendinosis. Um, They're three terms that are often used and sometimes interchangeably to describe Achilles injuries. What's the difference between those terms?
1: Yeah, well, tendonitis used to be the, the term that we use and, and itis, um, the, the part of the word itis means inflammation. And then what what happened was there's some researchers are saying, well, it's not, not so much an, an, an itis there. There's not so much inflammation in the tendon with this sort of condition. So therefore, we need to change it to osis or opathy, which uh, means abnormal or pathological um, for our listeners out there it's a bit of semantics um, because now it's sort of coming back to the fact that, well, actually, yeah, there is some inflammatory cells around that area there. So um, it, it's more of, yeah, the, the terminology was debated for a while. I think it's sort of, uh, again, we might be coming back to the ISIS side of things, but I think it's it's that they are used interchangeably um, and the management for them is, is pretty much, pretty much the, uh, the same. Um, we can have though, that there is, there can be differences between management between when we say we've got an acute tendinopathy versus a, a chronic tendinopathy and an acute tendinopathy being something acute means it's, you know, recent onset. So that's usually the ones that have just all of a sudden come on. They're quite high level pain um, versus your, your chronic ones, which are the ones that oh, I've had this for months. It's, you know, just grumbling along there. Um, and you can also have you know, chronic tendinopathy with acute exacerbations, meaning that oh, I've had this thing for years and every now and then I have this real increase in pain. So that's what we call an acute on, uh, on, on chronic. So they're the sort of the different types of, of, of the, 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 the tendinopathy. Um, but, yeah, the, the I can understand from our listeners being confused with the words that are uh, that are being thrown around. But the management is, is yeah, is, is pretty much the same.
0: Now, of course, uh, sometimes you might think you've got a tendinopathy, but it's mm. uh, not a tendinopathy. It's not an Achilles problem, yeah. but something similar. What are some of the things that might look like a tendinopathy?
1: Absolutely. So if we look at the the, the tendon itself, so distinguishing between, so you can have in the tendon, you can have issues with the the, the middle part of the tendon there. So is it a couple of centimetres away from the heel bone? And that's what we call mid-portion tendinopathy. Then you can also have issues with the tendon where it attaches right down on the heel bone there. And we call that insertional tendinopathy. Management between those, a couple of little things that we would do differently and manage those. But then you've also got other things around that area that that, that, uh, can refer pain in there. So you've got um, what's called the, the parotenin which is like a sheath that surrounds the tendon that can get agitated sometimes you've got the the sural nerve which is a nerve that passes around through there that can get agitated and make it look like it's an achilles when actually it's a it's a, a nerve related issue uh, of course we've got other nerve related issues further up you know in the, in the lumbar spine that can sometimes refer pain into the uh, into the heel there as well so we want to distinguishing between that's an issue um, we've got sacks of fluid called the bursa down there around there. We've got the the actual um, back of the ankle or what we call sort of the posterior structures there of the ankle that can refer into that into that area. So lots of things around there can uh, even calf strains as well can make it look like it's the uh, it's the Achilles. So it's sort of important to for you know to tease out is it actually the the, the Achilles uh, or is it something uh, something else? Um, and a couple of things that that our, our listeners can use is that. If it's generally, if it's more localised, so it's very sort of specific to a point, um, that tends to mean it's more likely to be tendinopathy, whether it's very vague and it's like, oh, it's sort of around here or it jumps up and down and moves around, that's likely, not as likely to be a a tendon issue. Um, The other thing we, we see as well is that if it's tendinopathy, it'll tend to increase with pain as we as we do more things on it that uh what we call the stretch shortening cycle so what we mean by that is if we go from um so doing like a slow calf raise on double leg to single leg then we go into some sort of faster calf raises then we go into jumping and then we go into hopping so if we sort of see the pain increase with all those sort of activities that's again uh, t- typical of tendinopathy if we're not seeing that if we're seeing it sort of you know can you know change as we go through all those different sort of activities again it's leading me away from the fact that it, it might be actually something else around that around that area so sort of two things localized pain and also pain that increases with uh, with increased demand are quite typical for
0: tendinopathy all righty let's assume that um we've got an achilles tendinopathy what are some of the treatment options
1: so you know there's lots of lots of things that, that we can do and I and, and this is the thing I guess with uh, with any sort of injury we always want to see we always assess the individual and take the individual at their at their merits because we often see and and, and the research there's a study done by by Turner that looked at um, patients with Achilles tendinopathy and found there were there were actually subtypes so there were people that you know that that had Um, I guess they were more fearful of their their tendon. There was a a group that had um, some structural change to their tendon and there was another group that had just done too much, uh, you know, in terms of activity, activity level. So, that's certainly something when we when we have a, a a patient with Achilles stenopathy, we we're doing our examination, we're conducting a history to to figure out well, what what's 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 happened here? Why has this come on? Is it just because you've done too much? Um, you know, we're looking at we're assessing, might be assessing the strength of the tendon there and we're saying, well, actually, strength's pretty good, so that's that's okay. Um, you know, what, what have you done in terms of yeah, your activity levels recently? Uh, you know, again, speaking about some of these, you know, medications and metabolic conditions that might con- contribute to this as well too. So that's really important to, that, we, that we, we find out why this, is, why this has happened. And then we can tailor then treatment to, to, for that individual around those contributing factors. So one of the big things, one of the big things that we when we're managing tendinopathy is what we call load management. And basically that means as we look at, all right, what are you doing during the week? What can this handle? Um, and what do we need to, to adjust to, to make sure that it's happy? Um, and where do you want to get to, you know, do we want to be, you know, just, just that I want to be running around with my with my grandkids again? Do I want to be getting back out into the field? And so we need to figure out where you are now currently, and then how do we get to uh, get up to that, that level? And so sometimes for some people with their activity levels, it might be, all right, look, we just need to scale this back a little bit. Um, We need to uh, dial it back. You know, you're running uh, six days a week. It's not liking it. The pain's, you know, very high. Let's just dial this back a little bit. Let's see if we can reduce the pain a bit uh, and we can try and keep you you running and keep you moving. Um, So that's what load management means. Then we've got certainly uh, rehabilitation. So strengthening um, forms a a big part of of managing tendinopathy. Uh, And that's um, lots of sort of treatment options around around through that. But we've got um, options, we've got things called isometric exercises, which are basically doing an exercise and not moving. So um, that might be for the Achilles. It might be standing on the edge of a step uh, with some weight and and just holding uh, holding that position there. So you're holding still, and basically that's creating a tension in through the Achilles. They can be quite useful for when the Achilles are quite angry. So when it's really sort of, you know, it's it's a high level pain, you can't do much else. So those sort of isometrics can be useful for that point. But then we want to start to move towards doing what we call some isotonic exercises. So where we're going raising up and down. So again, we might be with our calf raise example there. We've got some weight. We're going heavy. So the heavy is really the really important part here. So we're going quite heavy uh, and we're doing uh, doing slow raises up and down Then. And then we can sort of progress to, and depending on what the individual wants to, wants to do, but if we're going out into the sporting field or running, then we like to progress to things that are, involve a bit more of that springiness, and that's what we call plyometrics. So that's looking at things like jumping and hopping and working up to, towards that. So we sort of work through that spectrum as, as the, 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 uh, the person can, uh, can tolerate um when it also comes to to achilles so we've got obviously the load management we've got the the strength training and, and working through things in in that regard um we've got it important that we we assess the 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 limb as a whole um we often find with these uh with achilles issues that they may not just have weakness around the area in the calf but they may have weakness right up that leg and so you know making sure and i think Chiropractors are quite good at that, and assessing the, the the person as a whole, uh, looking at the interaction, because there might be some lumbo pelvic issues up there as well that we need to be need to be sorting. So really assessing assessing everything and not just narrowing down on the on the tendon there. Um, so we may need to be addressing some issues further up um, further up the chain there. Um, looking at things like shoe wear as well. So we find that with Achilles Achilles issues um, usually having a, a shoe with a bit of a, a higher heel um, so that's not going into the stilettos but just something with a little bit more raise in the in the heel there and, and sometimes we'll actually get people, um, especially for what's called the insertional tendinopathy, we'll actually get them putting a heel raise uh, that can be as, as much as a centimeter um, into uh, into their shoes in both sides to, to raise them off and take a little bit of stress off that uh, off that tendon. Um, orthotics can play a role in that in in that regard as well too with, with taking some stress on that uh, that tendon there. Um, looking at things like uh, collagen supplementation is, is something that's, that's becoming uh, a bit more popular and, and some some research to show that, that that may play a role there in helping those with Achilles tendinopathy um, and then there's medications as well and, and that's sort of something that you know anti-inflammatories which will sometimes really only use if, if there's sort of an acute flare-up we don't like people using that for, for long periods of time and a reliance on that but certain medication can sometimes um, serve a role for, for uh, especially during acute flare-ups so as you can see there's lots of different different treatment options and that's why you know assessing the individual uh and and seeing and targeting then the treatment for what uh for what that person needs and what their uh what their goals are
0: I think that's a great summary uh Luke I've actually just as you've been going through all that been writing down what I think <laughs> that the, the main points were so uh the load management which you talked about at the start and <laughs> I guess that's uh understanding the person where they're coming from um and how that can be managed because sometimes Mm. it's it's a tricky thing isn't it uh with that in that you know does a person stop activity altogether to let it rest or do they keep on working through and i guess that's something that a practitioner can guide such as a chiropractor can guide them through but there's a little bit i guess of trial and error in that approach i would imagine is there
1: there is and and uh, you know there's there's something like we we generally tend to to say those with Achilles issues that some level of pain during their activities is acceptable. and and we usually say that's around a four or five out of ten. Uh, and this goes back to some work by a researcher Karen Silnakel did and looking at that. And so we don't need to avoid pain. We don't need to have everything as a zero. Um, because what can happen with that is it, it often leaves the, the patient with nothing. They can't do anything because you know just moving it might be a low, a low level pain. Um, things get weaker. You know the stress of it all. That it's, it's it's not a great place to be in. So we generally sort of say, look, this is safe, but it's, it's okay to do. You know if we keep this pain below a four or five out of ten, um, then we can we can manage that. Um, and as you said, there is an element of trial and error sometimes. You know I'll say to these people, you know these patients are like, all right, well I don't know. Let's let's try. So uh, you know tomorrow. I'm going to get you go out for a a 20 minute run. Okay. And let's, let's see how that handles it. Uh, Again, giving them instructions that if that's exceeding a four or five out of 10 during the exercise, then, then we'll stop. And what I want to look for is I want to look for how it feels during the exercise. I want to see how it responds afterwards. So that, you know, that night, how does it feel? And also the next day. So we don't want to see a real increase in those symptoms at, at any of those three time periods. We want to try and maintain that the pain at a stable level. The other reason why we, you know, sort of say exercising through through this is because generally tendinopathy does take take a while. We're looking at months, um, and and you know sometimes even upwards of six months to to rehabilitate these these issues. And that doesn't mean, you know, during that time, what we sometimes see is. Uh, and this is where getting the the difference between pain and function is quite important because sometimes what we can see with these these tendinopathy is that the pain can last for for quite a while. So you may have pain for six months, but generally what we see is the pain does drop off over over this time. But what we're shifting the emphasis on the function is important is because. What we see is we can ramp up the things that you can do. So what we can do, see over that that rehabilitation is that we're working up to, uh, you know, over that six months, you could be back to doing everything you want to do. You know, you could be back to to running out there. You could be training for a marathon. You could be playing footy out in the, in the footy field. You know, uh, running around with the family. All these sort of things you can be getting them back to uh, back to full function, um, but they've still got some pain. And so that's where I think sometimes the emphasis and not always on pain, but it, but on function becomes becomes really important because. Uh, yes, as I said, it's safe to have some 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 discomfort, um, but uh, but we stick with that that four or five. That's generally a good guide for this.
0: And similarly with as load manage with the rehab. I like the way you described that that graduated approach. Also with the isometric, keeping the the you know pressure, but there's no actual movement. The isotonic through you know gentle controlled movement. The plyometric, which is the end range, which is more the you know the jumping um, yep. uh, type thing. And then also looking to other parts of the body. Obviously, a lot of the treatment that hands-on treatment that might be done will be mm-hmm. directed around the Achilles, but a pelvic imbalance, a hip problem, that can yeah. so easily create problems in the Achilles, also.
1: Certainly, you know, and some hands-on hands-on work as well. Like I, I generally say for, the, for these these sort of issues to stay away from the, the tendon itself because it can be a little bit irritated around there but certainly working around that so you know mobilization adjustments to the feet the ankle the knee um the hip the the lumbar spine through there you know working through all those those areas there you know some release on the calf that can often you know some the patient comes in with with a you know high level pain and, and sometimes some some light work through working on those areas there can reduce the pain immediately so I, I'm, I'm certainly a big uh, big advocate for that whatever we can do to bring the uh, bring the pain down which then allows them to to do that strengthening and and work on their uh, work on their rehab to to get that so that long-term sustained change
0: and the heel lifts which obviously by lifting the back of the heel up and having that insertion in the shoes does take pressure off the achilles and i'm glad you mentioned about it goes in both feet i have had a patient before yeah. who off their own bat put a heel lift in just on one side <laughs> and end up developing a, a hip and pelvic problem. So yes. that's exactly yeah, that's that's, that's exactly. It's important to say both sides, put that in both, definitely. <laughs> All right, uh, look, that's been really helpful, and I'm sure people who uh, are experiencing problems with their Achilles will have a better understanding of it. Obviously, with these sorts of uh, problems, it it definitely helps to have the individual advice from a health professional such as a chiropractor. Um, Thank you so much uh, for your time today on the podcast, Uh, Luke. uh, As always, it's been fantastic. Thanks
1: very much, Anthony. It's always always a pleasure.
0: Well, that's it for me. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to consult an ACA accredited chiropractor to discuss your Achilles injury or any other health issues, simply go to chiropractors.org.au. I hope this podcast has been helpful in your quest for optimal health and look forward to chatting with you again on our next Consult a Cairo podcast.